Hey everyone, I am Shaz Jones and I'm very excited today to have an amazing guest with me. So I'm delighted to be joined by an international speaker, a leader of entrepreneurs globally, a co-author of Million Dollar Speaker, with the amazing Eileen Wilder, who I've spent most of this week working with, and she is just oh, cool. oh, just amazing. And I, I personally think that my guest is one of the clearest, most practical communicators of biblical principles that mm-hmm. I've ever heard, and I've wow. That's heard cool. a lot. So welcome, Joseph Aaron. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Nice to, nice to see you all. <laughs> I'm just super excited today. We're going to have a chat and to let people know about you and um, about Bible hacks. So we're all about using the Bible and hacking it so that it's the best for entrepreneurs. Let's um, go. So <laughs> love it. I know. I love it. And so that's why when I met you and Eileen and Myron and all the people we've worked with this week, it's just been like coming home for me. So, <laughs> so weird. I didn't, I didn't even realize the Bible talked about money or success. It probably, it, <laughs> I'm being oh, facetious for those of you who are listening and can't see. So. <laughs> We're going to talk about all of that today. Uh, I wanted to start though with talking about you. So just put you in the spotlight for oh a minute or so. Um, uh-huh. Maybe we can start the interview with a quick comment about your two names, Joseph and Aaron, mm-hmm. um, in a biblical context. What do yes. you think of when you hear Joseph and Aaron? You know, one of the best um, pieces of advice I ever received from, a, from someone who I admired and was a really great parent, uh, the best piece of advice I heard was to tell your kids who they are. And one of the wow. ways you do that is with their name. And so my name is wow. very meaningful to me. Uh, the name Joseph, of course, you all know the story of Joseph from, from the book of Genesis. And it means he will he will be fruitful, he will multiply, right? And he he lived that name out. Um, and so that is that is definitely like a part of my story and my identity. And then the second name is Aaron. And um, if you remember the story of Moses and Aaron, Moses felt he was incapable of speaking. And so God gave him Aaron. He said, he's a good speaker, right? And the name Aaron in Hebrew means um, he will bring light. He will bring clarity. So it's, it's a, it's a teacher and communicator. And so uh, he will multiply, (laughs) he will multiply, he will bring light. Yeah. That's what I do. So, wow. That's so powerful. Wow. Uh, So I've, when I hear Joseph, I kind of think of entrepreneurs. A lot mm. of entrepreneurial schools name themselves, like the Joseph School or the, the oh, College cool. of Joseph or oh. things like that, because I think he's, you know, in that kind of zone, the finance yeah. sort of yeah, mm. zone. So I think it's amazing that you work with entrepreneurs. Um, but also, like, when he came into Pharaoh's presence for that first time, he told one story to one client and did something that he hadn't done before, which was to add one strategy. And that combination of one story and one strategy 
mm-hmm. to the most powerful client in the world mm-hmm. has totally transformed not only the client and everyone there, the whole nation, but yeah. himself as well. Mm-hmm. So I just so love good. that name, Joseph, because that's what I see you do so often is people will ask you a question, you'll just bang right in there with, yeah. with you know, a story and a strategy that just transforms them. Well, I think it's important for everyone listening for you to know that there is um, a tendency, especially among new entrepreneurs who are, let's just say, less skilled in the, in the skill of multiplication or fruitfulness, um, which, by the way, there's a whole thing to talk about with fruitfulness and multiplication if you want to go there. Um, I'm writing a book on it right now. But the the idea of uh, of most newer entrepreneurs is what they want is a lot more information. It's like, here's a strategy. And they're like, that is so cool. What else you got? I got this strategy. That is so amazing. What else you got? Here's another strategy. That is so great. Blah, 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 blah. And it's wonderful that you love knowledge, right? You know, you should seek for it for as like you seek for hidden treasure. I get it. I get I get the book of Proverbs, but at the same time, when you talk to high-level leaders like the Pharaoh, like Joseph, they don't need a hundred strategies. No. They need one. They need one. Right? Yeah. And it's like the 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 ability, especially in today's world, what you, if you're listening, God blesses things that multiply and curses things that don't. Right. Wow. He saw the fig tree and it wasn't producing. And what did he do? He cursed it. The story of the five of of the 10, the five and the one talents, the man with one, he had the ability because the word says he gave to each one of them according to his ability. But the man with one was afraid. So he hid. And, 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 and so what does what does Jesus do? He curses him. He says, "Cast him out into outer darkness, yeah. where there's weeping." And he said, "You wicked and slothful servant! God blesses things that multiply, and curses things that don't." And so you want to be a multiplier. And so when you look at Scripture, what you want to do is look at the stories of multiplication, because multiplication is the skill that makes available resources um, unimportant, insignificant. Why? I'll tell you why. If you understand multiplication, just say that again before you tell me why, because that was just. Yeah. Multiplication is the skill that makes your access to resources insignificant. Wow. Why? Because if you understand the principle of multiplication, it doesn't matter if you start with one talent or 10 talents. If you can multiply, you're going to get there. Awesome. So there's a story, right? There's a story in the book of, um, actually, it's, it's, it's not in the Bible. There's a story, and I'm trying to remember the, um, the book, but it, it's some kind of weird kind of Middle Eastern story where yeah. they where they talk about uh, someone who uh, uh, they were going to be rewarded by a king. Right. And the, the 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 person who was going to be rewarded says, you know, I would just like one piece of rice and double it every day for 30 days. And the king's like, I will give you a million dollars worth of rice. You don't you know, why, why would you take this? He's like, no, if, if it's if it's if it's okay with you, O king, I would rather have one piece of rice doubled each day for 30 days. And the king's like, be it onto you as you requested. And so day one, it's like there's two, the, day, the first day after there's two pieces of rice and then there's four pieces of rice and then there's eight pieces of rice. And you get to the whole thing. Oftentimes people will use this with a penny. If you take a penny and double it every day for 30 days, I forgot what the number is, but it's, it's more than a million of million dollars. It's like, you know, 1.5 wow. million or something like that. Why? What's the principle here? The principle is, is 
If you understand how to multiply, it doesn't matter what you start with. And so some of you are living your lives in such a way where you're still looking at the fact that you started farther back from the starting line than everyone else did, or that somehow life was uneven to you. And so you didn't have access to the resources that other people had. But when you understand the principle of multiplication, you understand it doesn't matter where you start. It just matters that you multiply. Wow. That's so good. And that, I mean, that really is the story of Joseph as well, because mm-hmm. he he started with just one, one mm-hmm. story. Like the king's like, no, I had two dreams. It's like they mean the same thing. One story, yep. just one strategy. And then that that one day, like if you don't need a hundred strategies, you don't need a hundred days. You can do it in one day, right? But it set him up that one day for a 14-year career that was just amazing. I don't know if you've read uh, what he ended up doing at the end of that 14 years, but he became a salesman to the whole world. Mm -hmm. He's the first scriptural global salesman. Mm-hmm. It says in, I think it's Genesis 41, 56 and 57, that everyone in the whole world came to him and he sold them grain in a time of famine. And I just see you with like truth bombs like you just dropped then. You mm-hmm. just have something that no one else in the whole world has and oh, you have a way of communicating it and clarifying it mm-hmm. Uh in such a way that it brings a sales message because mm-hmm. what is sales to you? Because you you obviously think about sales differently to yeah. most people because you do it in a way that literally is like Joseph. You're the only one in the world who's got this stuff and everyone's mm-hmm. coming to you. So what yeah. does sales mean to you? Yeah, so I think the best way to understand sales is to understand why would God even have money in the world? Like why? Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever imagined and you asked yourself the question, and this is what I had to go through because I went broken homeless three times trying to fulfill what I know was God's vision for my life um, in that season. And I tried to do it and I had great success at multiplying people, but I was incapable of multiplying money. And so because the money couldn't keep up with the people, the, the movement ultimately folded. And I didn't think that was fair. I got very angry at God. I thought, how can something as stupid as cash hold me back from the mission that you've called me to do. That doesn't make any sense. And I went through a period of deep depression and anger and frustration against God for several years as I worked through it. And so when we moved to Florida, I had to make a decision. Do I want to make a difference in the world or not? Because that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to do something good and make a difference. Yeah. But I was mad because God didn't help me. I mean, he did help me. There were several things that he did. There were several miracles. There were all kinds of cool things. But at the end of the day... When I needed the 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 cash to fall from the sky to make the vision real, it failed, and we lost the building we were living, we were serving the the mission through. Uh, we we lost the movement completely, and it was it was um, it was terrible. Yeah. So I'm like, why would God allow something as stupid as money? This was my dilemma, right? Why would God yeah. allow something as stupid as money to hold back meaningful and effective missions? How many of you listening right now know you would make a bigger difference if you had more money? What a great question. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah. it's like, okay, so so if that's the case, why? Why not just have a world? No money. Everything's free. Everything's free. So it's like there is no ownership. It's just like, hey, if you want it, yours. Everything's is everyone's. Like, yeah. what kind of world would that be? And as soon as you go down that road, like all you got to do is ask the question. And by the way, this for those of you who've never thought about money, maybe you never were interested in thinking about money. If you can understand this about money, once you understand what money is, that at that point, you can really start to understand how to create it. Tell us. Tell us. It, it ain't even real. <laughs> you guys get that, right? Money ain't even real. I'll, I'll prove that in a second. But okay. it's like, your question is about sales, but you know, I'm going to show you money and then you'll see sales. It's very <laughs> obvious from that point. So think about the first thing God says to humanity. Oh, let, let me think about the first thing God says to humanity. What is the very first sentence that God speaks when he speaks to us? And it is, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, right? Now, fruitfulness throughout the scriptures is attached to more than just childbearing, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's constantly celebrated for the Jewish people. They're going to go into this land of fruitfulness, this land of abundance, this land of the blessing of God fruitfulness yeah. and, and abundance and blessing. Those, those ideas are all tied together. Right. Yeah. Um, and so fruitfulness is about when you think, okay, I need to be fruitful. What he's really saying in the most basic sense would be yes, produce children, but it was more than that because he wanted Definitely. me to produce with my life. One of the seven deadly sins is yeah. thoughtfulness, right? Right. Yeah. right. Cause it's like, he wants me to be a producer. Why? Cause I'm made in his image. Yeah. And if I'm made to be like him, right, if I'm made in his likeness, the one thing we know about him in Genesis chapter one, okay, pause, let me just say this sentence. The first thing God told you about you is that you were made to be like him. Wow. And yeah. so when you realize that, then you're like, well, what is he like that I'm supposed to somehow mirror or exemplify? There's only one thing you know about God in Genesis chapter one. And that's the thing that he told you in the first verse. In the beginning, God created. God is creator. And it's like, so if he made you to be like him, he made you to create. And yeah. in case you missed it, in the very first verse that he ever talks to man to tell him who he is and what he's supposed to be doing, he tells him, he starts with, be fruitful. <sighs> Produce some stuff with your life. Create some stuff with your life. Do make, like, God isn't done with the world. And that's evidenced, by the way, in Genesis chapter 2, when they go into the garden, when he puts man into the garden, he says he puts him in the garden to do what? To dress it and to keep it. Yeah. So if I got to keep it, that means there's going to be some things that try and destroy what God made that I'm supposed to defend and secure against. And if I'm going to dress it, that means I'm going to make it even better than it already is. I'm going to embellish upon yes. the existing creation. And so God called you to make your world better. He called you to dress it, right? Make it look mm -hmm. good, right? Do something good and produce something good with your life. Be fruitful. Yeah. I okay. like when when you look at the world that God created in Genesis 1 it says and God created the heavens and the earth and you think oh that must have been awesome and then it's still like even part of the same sentences and, and the earth was without form and oh, it was void yeah. and mm -hmm. it, there was darkness covering the earth mm -hmm. so God created a world that needed world changes yeah and that like you are such a world changer joe well, like i mean you, God started you all are everyone listening everyone he, he listening you're made to change, change the, world. the world 
We're made to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody say, I was made for this. If you're listening right now, say, I was made for this, right? I was made made to make the world better. Right. Yeah. So let me, let let me continue on your sales answer. So, so then once you have that realization, you're like, okay, so I should be producing something of value in the world that makes the world better. So you started thinking something as simple as if you want to talk about fruitfulness, let's stick with the metaphor. What if I was making apples? Right. And it's like, I produce apples and it's like, I'm a apple orchard farmer. Well, if you're the, if you're the producer of apples, right, let's just say I'm the tree, for example, and I'm producing apples. um, Everything I produce is dependent on my own efforts as the tree. And so I do whatever I do to produce. I just got to be an apple tree and whatever apple trees do, you don't see them moving, but under the earth, there's all kinds of things, there's stuff happening. And then up through the limbs to the leaves. And then finally fruit is produced, right? Whatever happens there, I don't know, but ultimately apples get produced. Now imagine this, imagine I'm an apple, I'm an apple farmer. Cause I want, I want to tell you what money is. Remember, this is where we're going. Okay. Yeah. Well, I produce apples and God made me to make the world better. So we got that clear. And it's like, okay, so I'm here to make the world better, but I produce apples. Do I need other stuff besides apples? Like I need food and shelter, right? So I, I kind of, I need a house or something like it. So let's say I wanted a house. Well, apples don't make houses. No. So I need like bricks and doorknobs <laughs> and lights, right? I need yeah. other things, right? Yeah. So I'm like, huh. Now imagine this, that God in his infinite wisdom recognized this and cleared it up for us immediately. Imagine if I had to make everything that I wanted or needed. I had to personally produce it. And I'll just give you a very simple example. And it's literally insane just to think about it. It's like, what if I needed a pen? Well, that should be pretty simple, right? It's like, well, this pen's made of plastic. So I need to know how to make plastic. I don't know how to make plastic, but I know there's some oil involved in it. So I'm going to need some oil, but I don't know how to find oil. So I got to figure that out and I'm going to figure it out. But then even if I figure that out, I'm going to need like drilling equipment to get to the oil to make the pen. But I don't know how, right? Yeah. There's so like, it it gets like, if I kept going down the road, I could spend 10 minutes and you all of a sudden there's all this stuff you need in order to have the blessing of the world that includes a pen okay right and so god in his infinite wisdom recognized if i can create creators who will obey me and create they will produce value in the world but they won't produce all the value in the world no because i produce apples but you may produce bricks and i need apples excuse me i need bricks i already have apples right and so so i'm gonna go to you now so this is the way the world works i'm gonna go to you and i'm like hey i would love to have some bricks for my house. And you're like, I would love to have some apples because I like apple pie. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, I how many bricks can I get for 200 apples? And you go, er, Joe, I can't eat 200 apples. Are you crazy? Like they'll rot before I get to them. I don't want 200 <laughs> apples. I'll take 10 apples, but I ain't taking 200 apples. And I'm like, yeah, but I need a lot of bricks. How many apples for a brick? And you're like, five. And I'm like, so you'll give me two bricks and I'll give you 10. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, but I need more. What do you need? You do need more. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'll go, you'll go, well, I need a wheelbarrow. So what I'll have to do is go find someone who has a wheelbarrow who wants apples 
so I can trade my apples for their wheelbarrow to trade that wheelbarrow for your bricks. Are you seeing how crazy this gets real fast? It's hard. Then, it's too right? hard. Right? And so, and so, so what do we do? What do we do? And God said it again, first time he mentions the garden, he says, and there was gold in the garden and gold in the garden was good, which is the, the initial form of commoditized, uh, transferable, fungible yeah. value exchange. And so what do we do? We created something called money or cash. And, and, and this stuff is not valuable. By the way, this is copy money. I, I had to grab it. it. came out of my, I have one of those guns that shoots the money. So that's just a little <laughs> copy money right there. But nevertheless, like it, it's like that um, we created cash. Why? Because, because if I want to trade with you, instead of using apples or wagons or bricks, what this is, this is a medium of exchange. If we all agree on what the value of this is, I can trade it for apples or wheelbarrows or bananas or pens or any of the other things that I want to trade. And so we created this, but this isn't real. This is the measure of what is real. Right. Yep. This, this is the fiction. And so the Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Well, yeah, because when you love this, you love the fiction. Oh. You're missing the point. When you love this, it's like oh. loving an inch. How do you love an inch? An inch <laughs> is just a measure of space. <laughs> this is just a measure of value created or value received. Are you yes. getting it, right? <laughs> and so this, this, this is for the purpose of easy trade. Yeah. And if we didn't have easy trade, the world would be really hard, arduous, difficult, and frustrating. Impossible. And if we didn't have at all, it'd be terrible, Just right? Impossible. Like so that a world with money and God's infinite wisdom is infinitely better than a world without money. Yeah. A world with trade and value exchange is infinitely better. So your first question, and I didn't forget it, that I'm coming <laughs> all the way back to is, what do you see sales as? And what sales is, is a, is a trading of value. Right. Yeah. And it's counted with this. Now, now watch this though. Good sales. I'm not saying good sales. One person always wins. Ah. Right now, both can win, but I'm yeah. saying one person always wins, but okay. both can win too. Now, here's what I mean by that. For example, when I sell my stuff, when I trade it, it's like, who, like if I said, Hey, here, here's the deal. I will give you $100 if you give me $100 deal. And you're like, why? Right? Because it's like, <laughs> it's the same, right? But if I said- You keep the $100, I'll keep yeah, my Yeah, I'll keep my $100 and it's all good. But if I said, here, um, you give me $100 and I'll give you $200, then you're like, okay. <laughs> and that would be a sale. That would be a trade, right? right? And so what I try and do when I sell good selling is when I can create far more value than I asked for in return. Wow. And so I ensure that the other party always wins, but by them winning, I win too. And that's the optimal. Wow. Method. Yeah. That's, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> so sales is just trading, but good yeah. sales is always getting, making sure the other party gets more out of the deal than you did. And yeah. And like the way you describe it, it's sales is preventing us it's protecting us from a world where everything just seems impossible, where everything is so hard. And like, that's what I see Aaron doing. So when, I don't know if you've ever had this situation, Joseph Aaron, but 
when, when God calls Moses and he says, I've got these amazing things for you to do, you're going to be a world changer. I've got yep. this great assignment for you. And yep. Moses just goes, no, that's that's too big for me. Like, yeah. I can't handle it. Like, no. And God goes, because God always does, he's like, don't worry, Moses, I've got you. I'm going to teach you how to speak and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what to say. And, and Moses is like, well, if I've got me and I've got God and he's going to teach me what to speak and, and how to yeah. say it, no, that's still too hard. Choose someone else. Mm-hmm. And like, the, the situation seems so impossible to him. So yes. what do you do when the situation is so impossible that you don't have a solution and that even God isn't big enough to solve the problem in your mind? What, what happens then? Yeah. Then he sends in an Aaron. Yeah. He says, hey, <laughs> what about your brother Aaron? He yeah. is a great speaker. Yeah. And I'm going to train you both. Mm-hmm. And he brings in some partnership. And yep. together, like the first time it says when the when the elders of Israelites come together, it's Aaron doing all of the speaking. Mm-hmm. Moses still can't do anything. And it says Aaron was doing all of the signs. He performed all of the miracles. He mm-hmm. was the one that catapulted Moses into being a world changer. So so I, I, I just love the way you talk about sales as something that is a solution to, it's, it's a world-changing solution. Yeah to an impossible, too hard world. Well, also notice too, and it's a great point. I mean, when you when you hold tightly to money, right? Yeah. It means I'm unwilling to trade. Yeah. If you're unwilling to buy, right? A sales process is happening, you're unwilling to buy. It means you're unwilling to trade what yeah. you have for what you don't have, wow. okay? Yeah. And so if you're, if you're unwilling to make the trade in order to have the thing, the answer is, you have to do it yourself. Yeah. And and a and a yeah. codependent here here it is in this big words, but a codependent and this is the first time I've really realized this and said it this way, but it seems to me that a codependent world is better than an independent world. Because in the independent world I feel constant overwhelmed by everything that I must do. Absolutely. And we have limits, yes. right? And and being willing to release the value we produce in exchange for the value that someone else brings to the equation is wise beyond absolutely. Yep. It's beyond like partnership is the yep. solution to any problem of lack, right? You know, if you get yourself one. a good coach or a good mentor or you know, someone who's a good speaker, or, mm-hmm. like that's 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 it. That's the whole deal. So we're That's Bible true. hacking up in here. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. I love the Bible hack. And like, I love that you just said, I hadn't thought about this before. I haven't said it quite like this before, but I'm going to say it like this because that's what I see in John chapter three when there's an interview. Nicodemus comes. He says it was late at night. It's like a mm-hmm. late night chat show. He mm-hmm. comes and he's got questions for Jesus and he does an mm-hmm. interview. And he is the only one who gets this phrase out of Jesus. 
you must be born again. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that phrase before? And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. What about for God so loved the world that he mm-hmm. gave his mm-hmm. only begotten son? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, go, you even see like baseball games where they just hold up the reference, just John 3.16 yep. on a placard. Yep. <laughs> this yep. is yep. like thousands of years later. Mm-hmm. People even quote the reference. I'm like, I just see that you and and the interviews that you do, thousands of people just quoting like the video time code or the audio mm-hmm. code or the link mm-hmm. and just going, you should listen to this. This is just <laughs> something that no one's ever said before and they're going to say for as long as eternity lasts well i mean it's i think it's it's every communicator's hope right like for for you and everyone listening to to say something in a way to bring light and revelation and clarity that will free people from the bondage of the lie right because there's so many lies we're overwhelmed with and if you can and the lie that i believed was that uh, money was scarce that money was dumb that money was and money is dumb i mean it isn't even it isn't worth me talking about it's the understanding of my mission that really clarified things, right? I was trying to grow a mission without multiplying. I was trying mm-hmm. to, like literally the first time I really got clarity on this, I realized that I had spent most of my life in Acts and in, and ignored Genesis. And Genesis wow. will tell you who you are. Yeah. And everything that comes in Acts is built on everything that was done in Genesis. And it's like, I missed it. I missed my identity. The fundamental idea, I, I, I could say it in Latin like everyone else, Amajo Day, right? And it's like, we, we've used, I'm an image bearer, right? But I didn't really get it when you understand who you are, right? And I would even argue that almost, I, I, I'm going to say almost just to couch just in case, but I think almost every sin is a result of not knowing who God is and not knowing who you are. Yeah. And, yeah. and really, you can't know who you are if you don't know who God is because you're made to be like him. And so you're trying to mirror the image of the creator. And yeah. I didn't see myself through the lens of I'm made to make the world better. And so for those and of you listening it. to our conversation, it's, like it's what yeah. you see. Yeah, it's what you see. And that's why I love the work that you and Eileen and Myra, <laughs> all of your homies are doing. Because like that's the first thing that God did is just switch the light on. It's yeah. like, let people see. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. Every time you speak, I'm like, I see myself differently or I see God differently or I see mm-hmm. a particular Bible hack differently. Like mm-hmm. I, I get a, a way to multiply that I hadn't seen before. It's just amazing. You are Joseph Aaron, world changer interview. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your identity is just exactly what what this whole world needs, a global scriptural salesman, like just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> so, so can I ask, what, what inspired you to get started helping people um, to speak and to have virtual events? Like, because you have like six and seven figure days, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, it's it's wonderful and crazy and it it happened very quickly. Um, we significantly underestimate the power of words. And yeah, fundamentally, yeah. fundamentally the um, the value exchange that I talked about. If I'm going to create value for the world, the world has to 
see and understand what I've produced as valuable. Mm. And most of that happens with words. Some of it's done with imagery, but most of that happens with words. By words, yeah. everything are made. Um, mm. But most of that happens with imagery, with uh, with words. And so mm. I have to, because what would happen is I would help entrepreneurs and I would say, you know, we'd kind of work through what it was, of course, using words to work through what it was. And then I would say, okay, now tell people. And the way that they used words to tell people was not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like watching a train wreck happen right in front of me. And I'm like, why did you say it like that? You know? And so I, I got very interested because I was trying to help. And it's, it's an interesting point that you, many times you'll acquire the skill or the valuable thing in service of another. Right. Mm. And so it, it was in service of trying to help the entrepreneurs do the thing that I realized that like there would be this problem and then there would be this problem and then there'd be this problem. And when I kept coming back to the root of all problems, the root of all problems became either thinking, right? Imagination, the logos, the thought or plan as it exists in the mind of God, or it's the spoken right word. And you, yeah. that's, that's what it fundamentally always come back to. So I was like, mm. okay, so I need to figure out how to help them use words and to use words. Well, you need to think well. And so mm. the thinking and the words started coming together. And what we did is Eileen and I started studying and we're like, oh, well, there are, uh, here's a speaker who has very good things that they're thinking about. Right. But no one's listening to them. And mm. when they do, they fall asleep. And here's a speaker who's saying very good things or very good things, but they're just fun. And they're not nearly as like revelatory or powerful as these words, but yet everyone's like, Oh God. And we're like, what is the difference? And the difference was their methodology of presentation, the way that they laid things out. And so there, there is an art and a science to speaking um, that will drastically impact the ability of people to see the value of your words. And so yeah. after studying it and finding the frameworks, we're like, oh my gosh. So we started helping our students do it. And all of a sudden things that weren't selling before were suddenly selling. This isn't a script. That's not what I'm talking about. Like no. it, it wasn't because of scripting. It was, it was um, aligned thinking in the right direction with the right frameworks of introducing concepts using words yeah. that I know that I went a little deep there. So let me say it again. It's like, <laughs> When you, if you start with words and you just give someone a script, they don't know how to think about it. They just know how to say the words. Yeah. Yeah. But when you learn how to think about how to say it, yeah. or think about the order in which it's best communicated for the other person to receive it as what it is. Yeah. There's frameworks for that. And when we started yeah. studying the greatest communicators in the world, we realized there's a framework for how to say it. And you learned about it in the, in the challenge and, and we call it the bits framework. Right. And it's like, yeah that that will allow you to communicate in a way that creates desire and belief. And if you have desire and yeah. belief from your words, people will follow and take the next step with you. And it's, it's others focused, which is yeah. so kingdom, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's, it turns any conversation, like the way you just said it, then if, if you were writing, like John was writing, mm -hmm. you would say in the beginning was, the imagination and the conversation. And the imagination and the conversation was with God. Yep. And the imagination and the conversation was God. Mm. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. What you actually do is you give them God in the form of imagination, the thinking, Mm -hmm. and the conversation, the speaking. Yeah, or at least the words of God or a reflection of who God is and what he's trying to show us who we are, right? And yeah. And it's uh yeah, yeah. So good. I I um I just love that there's even a group called Bible Hacks. I think that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening, you guys are cool. <laughs> we are. If you knew us, yeah. you'd know that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so you have this like bits framework um but what what might hold people back what do you think holds people back from actually stepping into the process that you help them with what would stop them from starting i guess is the way yeah i mean it's it it comes back to identity like you don't know who you are when you understand that you were made to make the world better then you have to ask yourself the question how am I making the world better? And am I operating as someone who lives in the understanding and truth that I am made in the image of God to create a better world? Or am I living under the understanding that I am under someone else's thumb and subject to their rule and subject to what they decided that they're going to pay me or something like that. And it's like, that is, that is a broken imprisoned belief system. Right. And that's why Jesus is always pointing to belief, right? And it's belief in what? It's belief in the truth, right? And so we look to the book, of course, for the truth, right? So you have an unfair advantage against the rest of the world because, you know, you see people like Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've seen his ride. He's a scholar across the world. And it's like, he's he's coming to the truth from outside the truth in. So he's got to work his way in through all these thousands of, of documents. And it's like, he comes to these conclusions, like, you know, the idea that, you are inherently valuable as a human and you are, you know, it's like, whoa. And like, yeah, it's in the first page of our book, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right. And so so, yeah, it's page one, right. Yeah. It's page one, but yet, you know, you, you have to believe it. Right. And, and you have to believe it wholeheartedly. And, And so you have an unfair advantage when you, when you have access to the book and you, and you read it and believe it for what it says and really try and understand what it's saying. I knew that verse, but I never took the time to understand, to try and unpack it. And so yeah. for when you ask the question, what holds people back? The answer is belief. It's like belief in what? It's like belief in the truth. And let's start with who is God and who are you? And when yeah. you have those truths, then you're like, oh, I'm going to do something. And then you can make a decision. I'm a creator. I'm going to create, right? And so then you're like, well, what do I want to create? And it's like, what do you, yeah, that's the question. What do you want to create? And I think sometimes people get stuck there too. I'll give you a second answer. Sometimes people get stuck thinking, well, when God tells me what to create, then I'll create. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. God already told you to create. Yeah. And so he's fully capable of talking whenever he wants. He can send a burning bush. He can write it in the sky. <laughs> he can do earthquakes. He has all kinds of tricks, right? He has really all the tricks that he could do if he wants to speak to you. But until yeah. then, he's already spoken. And so when you know I'm made in his image and you ask, well, what should I create? Well, just ask what it, what did God create? It's like, well, he created this earth and it's like, cool. Like, how did he do that? Like, what did he have to do to do that? And the short answer is he decided that of all an infinite number of earths that he could have created, he decided to create this earth. Yeah. So the difference between a dreamer, I like to say the difference between a dreamer and a creator is a decision. 
Yeah. So you have to decide, right? Because it's not that he couldn't have made a different world. He just decided on this one, right? And yeah. so if you're a creator and you're supposed to mirror him, then your job is to decide one way that you would like to make the world better. And if God doesn't like that, he's fully capable of letting you know. If God <laughs> wants you to stop, he is more than capable. He's a and good he, communicator. Yes, yes. So <laughs> so let's let's stop with the excuses. I'm going to get mean here for a second. Let's stop with the excuses of I'm waiting on God because for yeah. most of you, God's waiting on you. Yeah, true. And I love what you say about how far should I go? Because I, I think mm -hmm. that stops a lot of people too. They, they have like a little bit of success and they've got their bills paid and they're like, well, I don't want to be greedy. But when when you describe fill the earth. Oh, can like, I can I hit that for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So be fruitful. It's like everything. Notice that God doesn't stop at fruitfulness because it's like a tree can produce fruit and it's like, it's a tree. Yeah. And for most people in most of the world, what they're doing is expending their own energy and effort like a tree to produce fruit. And then whatever fruit is produced, that's theirs. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. But God yeah. didn't stop it. Be fruitful. He then said, yeah. and multiply. Yes. What do you need to do to multiply? To multiply, you have to reinvest the fruit bloop, as seed. And the focus changes from how do I produce fruit? To how do I produce trees? Wow. Multiply. Mm -hmm. And so now you're able to grow at an even faster rate because you can you can reinvest lots of apples to get lots of apple trees. And now mm -hmm. without apparent effort, you are producing a multiple of what you were producing before because you didn't stop at fruitfulness. You decided to multiply. And God yeah. rewards it with what? More fruit. And what can you do with fruit? Trade it. Right. And it's like, if you get to multiply stage, you will make money in your sleep. You don't have wow. to work. It's happening. Yeah. And so while it's happening, this becomes a question. Cause then you're like, like you just said, I don't need any more money. I'm good. And it's like, pause. It's not about you. What? Isn't everything about me? <laughs> it's not about you. Right. Because God didn't stop and multiply to your point, which was an excellent point. He's like, when do I stop, God? Build the earth. Yes. Go if global. Producing, hashtag yes, global. Hashtag global. If you are producing good things, you're not stopping until the whole world has experienced the goodness of your production. That's that right. is the initial first sentence command of God. Yeah. Some of you are off in Leviticus and you're off in Corinthians somewhere and you're trying to tell me <laughs> all the rules there and you forgot the first one. I'm not against the other rules. I'm not against the other ideas, but let's go back to rule number one. Let's start at the beginning, right? And it's like, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth, create lots of good things in the earth. And then lastly says, and subdue it. There's a whole nother idea around that. But the reality is if you expand, 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 eventually your production is going to come into competition for the same ground, for the same nutrients, right? Right now you see this in social media, for example, we're all really fighting for attention because yeah. you can't be heard if you don't get attention. So what happens is there's only so much room on the newsfeed, right? And so God's command, recognizing that if creators made in the image of God were fruitful, multiplied, and we're all working to fill the earth, their, their works and efforts would come into um, conflict with one another. How many of you know there's evil messaging in the world? There's people who do not have a good message. Messages I've that heard are about destructive. That. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> but nevertheless, because they're following the principles of fruitfulness, they're right? successful at it. Their work, it yeah. expands. Well, eventually, if you do good things, you will have your expansion will come into conflict with their expansion. And God has a message to you for when that happens. His, me his message is subdue it. And in the Hebrew, subdued means to literally force to bend the knee. It's militaristic. God wow. told us, win. Yes. Win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? And so that that's that's got I call I jokingly call that because it's a good like markety thing. God's four step plan to change the world. Be fruitful, yeah. fill the earth, so do it. That's so good. That's so good. That reminds me of like when I think a lot of people see this as a problem, but the Bible never says it was a problem. When Jesus is talking about the harvest, he says the harvest is plentiful. Yes. But the workers are few. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think, oh, no, we need more workers. But he wasn't saying that. He, he says, he doesn't say pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers. He said mm -hmm. pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out workers into the harvest. And that actually means force them out into their harvest because he wants us to have plentiful harvest with just a team of one or two or three. <laughs> just. We can have yeah. few workers and massive harvests if we follow that four-step plan. Look, we are totally out of time. I know you've got loads of things on today. And I also know people are just going to love working with you. How can they go deeper? How can they work with you? Where can they find you? Is there a link? Or what, what's the best <laughs> way for the listeners to take the next step? Oh, well, great question. Um, here's what I'm going to do. You know how sometimes you go to an interview and you feel like um, you learned a bunch of good stuff or maybe you read a book or something like that and you feel like I got a bunch of good stuff, but then you go to try and implement it and you're just kind of like, it's a little uncomfortable or wonky when you try and yeah. actually execute on it and stuff like that. I find that happens with a lot of stuff and we mean well. How many of you listening have like listened to an interview and like, I'm really going to go do something about that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go decide what I'm going to create. Oh, I'm going to learn to be a better speaker. Whatever the thing is that you took from this, you're like, eh, I'm going to go do that. And then let's be honest. How often do you actually like do it? <laughs> how how often does it actually like getting it happen? Down. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I found the secret to it is really just getting on the schedule. If you can get it on the calendar, right. To do it, like to, to yeah. put it in. And so um, Eileen, my business partner and I, um, have put together something called, um, elite speaker certification. And, and what it is, is, um, we come in for five days, uh, we hang out in a room and step-by-step step, we like do homework to walk us through everything from like, what am I going to create? What is my messaging about? What, what value am I producing in the world? How am I going to expand into the world? All the things and kind of show you the, the one, the biblical principles, but also the modern application, the, the actual things that are working so today. Right. Right. Like you two just because because the opportunity for speaking and virtual events and podcasting and YouTube yep. and all those things are so huge now that we could literally all be Joseph's. We could literally be yes. all selling to the whole world. And you guys just make it so practical. Sorry, I interrupted you, yep. but, but yep. you do you do that so well. Thank you Robert, so much. It's the road kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you all are interested in letting the rubber meet the road and actually like going to the next level and um, whatever you're trying to create in your life with your world, it's going to require words. 
And so if you're serious and not just curious about going all in on becoming the version of you that you're called to be and using your words to do it, um, I know you'll have a link here somewhere or something like that. You guys can click the link and go to the page and check it out. You know, normally to come to events like this that we do, it's, you know, tr you travel across the world and you got to get a hotel and it's a thousand dollars for a ticket and all this stuff. But we do it virtually. So because it's just virtual, instead of it being a thousand dollars, it's just forty seven dollars to come. And so no normally, it's not, yeah, normally it's ninety seven, but I'm doing this special for your group. Forty seven dollars uh, to come to it. And then, um, yeah. We're going to do Q&A on a daily basis and all that kind of stuff. Depending on when you're watching it, we'll tell you when the next one is. But it's one of the favorite things. Like, I know you just participated uh, in one recently here. And it's yeah. like, it, it's usually a, a major mind shift for people. And it's going to take you and your business and your life and your creations and your 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 goals to the next level. So just go to the link below. And I'm looking forward to meeting you there. Absolutely. That is so good. Thank you so much, Joe. I know that everyone would have got so much out of it. I know I did. And I'm just enormously grateful and really excited to see what else you're going to achieve because I just know that Joseph Aaron World Changer interview is listen i'm gonna i'm gonna reflect that right back to you and your movement and everything you're doing here with bible hacks it's about you all it's not about me like you you've got a mission right you've been called by god to change the world i love what you're doing here with bible hacks and uh i just want to encourage everybody don't don't just uh don't just read it live it right yeah. live it become the creator you were made to be because you have a voice and if you have a voice that tells me you have a message message god didn't just give you a voice he gave you a message and if you have a message then you're a messenger and so go yeah. be who called, God called you to be. We'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank yeah. you.